Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Jeff talking about the sermon from September 12th, 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams. And joining me today is Jeff Clotchesey. Ooh, you didn't do that quite right so, there. No, Were you looking at it when you said it? <laughs> no, no. Here's the, here's the. I was just thinking about that. Okay, so if you've been on, if if you know that I prefer to pronounce Jeff's last name um, instead of Clossy, which is what it is. Yes, thank you. I like Clochisi as like your '80s rap name, like DJ Clochisi. Uh huh. But I noticed Siri insists on saying Clochisi, and. It upsets me because I'm like, if you're going to mispronounce his name, then at least give me his DJ cover name. But so I really want to train Siri to say, calling Jeff Clochisi. I'll look into that for you. Or then I would enter your name as DJ so that I would love to hear Siri say, calling DJ Clochisi. Gosh. That would be that would be amazing. So, so emo music. You talked about emo on Sunday, Jay. I was heading out the door, uh, not because I was fed up with anything you were saying, but because I was trying to make sure there was no one else in the hall who needed to be welcomed in. And uh, I, as the door closed, I heard you say the word emo, and I immediately turned back and ran in to see what was coming. Yes. Okay. Well, you. <laughs> I was also trying to see what was coming next because not only was that not in my notes. But I don't even know a single emo band. Yeah, well, so when I, I do. said that, it came out of my mouth, and my brain was going, "What <laughs> in the world are you doing?" Robbie and I had just had a conversation about emo music, and about when we were in Southern California and doing youth ministry there, it was a big deal. Emo music was was very in in those years, in the like the two thousand that was in like the two thousand three, two thousand five to two thousand five era is that an emo era was it is it? i mean that yeah. was that was uh i mean my friend we were all into it into it and so when you said it i was like what is coming next what band are you going to talk yeah, about all cite. the bands came to my mind i do appreciate that there were some people that raised their hands so i think that we need to have a sunny day real estate or mineral or texas is the reason i'm just listing emo bands here at listing party oh wait texas is the reason is the band name yep okay so then this is what happened you just like rattled off all these bands like who are you thinking of and you rattled off bands that i don't even know you know like johnny socket and <laughs> that's not Stu's one. handbag like no. i don't know what you're like it's i i have no idea what you're talking about um, i'm going like yeah it's like one of those things where you you say something like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're in a conversation and you throw out in the middle of a conversation, you throw out the only thing you know about the topic. And then that person thinks that that means, you know, a lot about it. And then they just start rattling off a lot of other things. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. It happens. A lot. It happens to me with foreign languages. I've, I know um, I know a select phrase in several languages and I have gotten into trouble before because I'll throw that phrase out there and then they assume that I speak the language. It happens all the time in English. Yeah. <laughs> People assume, oh, you seem fluent. And Wait, what was that word? Yeah. Yeah. What, well, I actually which, do know that feeling. Okay. But it wouldn't have been about email. So I'm sorry to disappoint you. You ran back in to the worship area and were promptly disappointed by the fact that I did not cite anything about email. Not really, no. But it was cool. It made me think about 20 years ago 
you know, well, and you know. all the bands I used to play on my radio show at UW Eau Claire. Which I hear is pretty big. It was pretty big for yeah. a radio show that couldn't be picked up with any normal radio and needed to be connected to like our network on campus or oh, streamed over the internet. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It was called the Indie Hour and we did play a fair amount of emo. That was just the popular thing at the time. In Eau Claire, the city itself, for those of you who may have not been there, is this beautiful city and very artsy and very into music. And it's produced some actually very significant bands in the last like 10 YouTube. years or so. Nah, not YouTube. Pearl Jam? Uh, nope. But Bon Iver is a really big one from there, and he still oh, lives yeah. there. Justin Vernon. And there's a whole crew of artists that, that live there and are actually fairly large on the national, international stage. So it's kind of a, it's a very... Um, Emo was a very big thing in the city yeah. of Eau Claire. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, that's, you know, it's good. I also, hey, I also ha- had a talk show or a radio show in college. It was a sports talk show. So no emo in that. There's no emo in that. Not that's even fun. In the, maybe in the transitions. I don't know. I'm older than you. <laughs> but it did reach to our town. That's awesome. And so um, I remember when we got a caller from the town actually called in to, we asked a trivia question and offered like a gift certificate or whatever. And I was convinced it had to be one of my friends because I knew of three people that listened to our show. And it turns out it was actually just a random person from the town who was listening to it. And my shock that, that we had a listener made that listener so embarrassed that I think he stopped listening. <laughs> He's yeah. like, Oh, I shouldn't be listening. You don't have to, to tell him that. <laughs> No, I didn't. I was so I because I kept saying like Matt, this is you, and he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Come on, Matt, I know it's you. And then I realized, oh my goodness, it's not Matt. That's really funny. And then, so then we promptly lost our only listener from. So anyway, we have a few more listeners to this actually, oh, and yeah. to the sermon on Sunday where I did bring up emo, and so uh, yeah, that was a. It was it was illustrating the idea that we are um, that the emotions that you see in David are not like emo music because emo music was I think characterized by very trumped up emotions about very small things, but David is demonstrating emotion about very big things. Yeah, I love this Psalm sixty three is what Jay preached on and. I love it. I mean, I feel like we should read a little bit of it, Jay. By we, do you mean in unison? Uh, we could. How about Are you, you ready? How about you? Three, two. Okay. Um, like he starts, like, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's just beautiful. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. I would encourage you, if you haven't read it since Sunday when Jay preached on it, I would encourage you to read it again too, even as you're listening to this podcast, because it it's rich. And it's, it's, to me, illustrative of the fact that we are not just thinking beings. Hmm. You know, like human beings, we aren't just brains. We actually feel. And that's a really important, important part about who God made us to be, is that we have desires and longings and affections that can be stirred and directed towards God. I think that, I don't know, it's something that in my life, I feel like I had always erred towards the side of intellect mm-hmm. over the, over that and kind of looked down a bit on my that part of me that was more desiring or affection oriented. And I now see that to be wrong. 
I think uh, we need to, we need all of who we are and who God made us to be, not just the brain. Yeah, we often talk about head, heart, hands, um, and how critical that is in understanding Scripture and just being a disciple. And and so yes, there are things that we intellect intellectually need to understand. There is knowledge. There is truth. Um, about who God is and what he has done and what we are called to do. And, and so we, um, we need to know certain things. And then um, there are hands, like actually obeying and doing the things that we are called to do. And then there's the heart piece of loving all of that and our affections for Jesus, our affections for the truth, um, our desire to then obey. They're all interconnected. They're not individual things. And most um, most of us grew up, I mean, any church denomination or any church family, just like any family, uh, starts often tends to sway in one of those. And so we have some church traditions that are very heavy on the, the hands part of it. I, I grew up in a church tradition that was very, um, it was very works oriented, it was very service oriented. And so a heavy emphasis was placed on the hands part of it, some on the heart and less, I would say, on on the head. And so then I, then I went off to college and then I got connected with some traditions that were very head heavy and very much into thinking about these things and understanding theology and the the truth about these things and, and tried to connect that to the heart, but less was less emphasis was on, um, like almost, like you said, it's almost like there's a distrust of emotions. Yeah. And I think that that, um, that creates some problems because yeah, it doesn't. I mean, part of that comes from the fact that our our emotional world can be, we we can we know intuitively that it can be affected by things that shouldn't be. Like, so if we didn't get enough mm-hmm. sleep last night, right. for example, um, we might feel really low today. Well, it doesn't that doesn't mean that like, or we might feel God is distant, for example. It doesn't mean He is distant. So we know that sometimes what we feel betrays what is real. Right. But the thing is, our thinking can do the same thing. Exactly. It, it can. And I think it's cool to think about how each part of those, so head, heart, hands, all of who we are is being redeemed and restored into the image of God. So our our desiring will be more and more like Christ as we're sanctified in him and our thinking and our doing all of that, not just one aspect. So yeah, it it's true. I mean, different churches have different emphasis, you know, like just different families too. But yeah. So for me, Growing up, I think head was emphasized a lot, and I, I tended to be able to do that really well. Um, but the desiring part wasn't the the affections were not, and so for me, that's been more of a discovery in my adulthood. That part of my walk with Jesus. Yeah, and what's interesting is in Psalm sixty three, we did focus a lot on the heart part of that, but he has all of those together. I mean, the reason he has these affections for God is because of what he knows about God. And then he talks about his response. So, you know, I will rejoice. I will sing your praises. I will declare to like, there's, there's all of these things together of what he knows about God, stirring affections in him and what he has experienced from God. And that is, that's what's culminating in this joy and this desperation for him and this desire for him. So I don't know if, and so one of the things, Jeff, like usually we talk about um, what, you know, what do we wish we would have said? You know, mm-hmm. what do we wish we had had time for? Or what do we wish, looking back on it, we wish we could clarify. And one of the things that really jumped out in my mind was I, 
you know, I, I, I try to draw attention to what David's language was and try to get a baseline for saying like, this is, this is supposed to be normal for people who are pursuing God. Like this is the kind of emotion that should be uh, stirred in us when we think about these things. Um, and then, and I wanted to confront that and say like, don't just skip to the, well, how do I get it? But but first confront the heart of where are you in that? Like, is this something that seems foreign to you? Is it something that um, you have experienced and you don't now, or you've become complacent or you've settled for something? Um, but the the whole last part of the sermon was was looking to that psalm for kind of the practical things that Paul or that David did to stir his affections. And I want to make sure that it was clear that that there there's a category of people that um, that there are times where you know this experience you it, it doesn't it's not a distant memory you've um, you experienced these kinds of emotions and um, felt that kind of joy felt that kind of desperation but it's it doesn't you don't feel it right now you know like you want to you know that's real you haven't settled for something less you're just in a dry space like you're in a, in a difficult space so I was just wondering you know I drew out of that psalm, the, the things that David points to, the, the meditating, the remembering, um, the you know practicing this presence of being aware that God is near. But there are so many other things that people can do um, to try to fan that flame and stir um, those affections. So I was just curious, like, what, what are your kind of go-tos? Like, mm-hmm. when you're feeling dry, when you're feeling, like, when you're not being stirred the way, because I mean, look, there's sometimes we read scripture. There's sometimes, I know you've experienced this where you read scripture and your heart just leaps for joy. Like what you're reading. You just, you're just hungry. You're just devouring it. And then there are other times where I've read scripture where I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, there's nothing. I don't feel, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not excited about any of these things that should be doing this. What do you do? Well, there's a number of things. I mean, first I want to just acknowledge that I have had that. I've had yeah. both experiences. Right. I've had where I've, I've had the joy and the life that I feel from God and his presence, but I've also had dry times. I would say seasons. I think sometimes it's helpful to think in seasons. Mm-hmm. And there are times in life where it feels like it's more of a winter. You know, it's a some it's it's getting ready for spring, but it's not fun to go through, right? It's a right. season like that. So I I would say for myself being able to acknowledge that and be honest with myself and then with God is really important. So your first question of, you asked it in the sermon, uh, you summarized David's teaching and what he's saying as something like the love of God is better than life. It's like, it's the best thing. And you just said, is this you? And I would just encourage people to actually slow down long enough to ask that question and really give an honest answer to themselves and to God. Because then once you know that, like say you, you ask the question and you, and you say, yeah, I feel really dry. Like I don't feel like he's near me right now. I don't enjoy his presence. Then, then you can do something with that. And I would say the first thing to do is to go to him right away with it and to say whatever it is that you want to say, God, I want it to be different. God, I want to experience you and desire you and be filled with love for you, but I don't. And you might even have to back up further. Like you might even have to say, God, I want to want that, right. but I don't yet. So we've said that before, but yeah. I just want to remind people like that is really important going right to your father in heaven 
And doing it when you don't feel like he's near is an act of faith and trust in him. You're exercising that trust muscle or whatever you want to call it when you do that. And he hears you even when he doesn't feel like he does. And that's where like having the head, heart, hands thing in mind is important yes. because it is true. What is real is that he can hear you even when you don't feel like he can. And so that exercise of really bringing it to him is very important. I do think one of the things that's a bit counterintuitive though, is that if you, in my experience, if I focus too much on myself and what I'm feeling, yes, it actually backfires. Yes. So eventually what I want to do after I've acknowledged to God where I'm at is I want to move my eyes off of myself and onto him in some way, in some way. Because if I'm just thinking I'm not feeling what I want to feel, I'm, I don't, I, I highly doubt, at least from my wiring that I will ever feel what I want to feel. If that's what I go around thinking about, I, what I need to do is move my mind to him and to things outside of myself and trust that he hears that cry from my heart and he will act and he will work. So that's where the things that you mentioned are really important. So meditating on scripture, there might be though, some people who feel like scripture feels so dry right now. I have a really hard time reading it. And I would just say, yeah, I've been there too. And I would encourage you to not give up on reading it just because it feels dry. But I would also ask God to give you joy in other things and to help you see him in other things. So maybe it's like taking a walk where you don't put any headphones on, you know, you're just taking a walk and just trying to be in his creation and experience him that way. So you might have to experiment a little bit is what I'm saying. That's really good. I, I agree with that. I was thinking about, you know, when you think about those head, heart, hands, and what do you do when the heart is kind of that missing link? And I love what you said about be careful about just focusing on the fact that you don't feel that way. And what what came to my mind was, yeah, that's interesting that like what I've done in my past when I felt that way is I've really focused on the head and the heart then, or head and the hands then. So if I don't feel then, you know, when I'm reading scripture, I would, I'll say, okay, well, here's something that I'm commanded to do. And then I do it in, in faith. Like it might be, um, giving generously. It might be just saying, just putting myself out there and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go and offer to pray for somebody that I see at, at Starbucks. You know, I'm just going to, so for me, so often it is like, okay, my heart isn't there. It's not where my head is. So I'm really going to lean into my hands and say, okay, well then go, go and just put yourself out there and watch. Cause what's going to happen is God, you're going to see God move and that will stir your affections. Cause what stirs our affections is, is the experience. So when you look at David in Psalm 63, it's not a detached knowledge that stirs his affections. It's his knowledge that, um, is affirmed by his experience. Yes. And I think it's, Sometimes we get in this thing of like, well, I, you know, we can't, again, we can't trust just like we can't trust our emotions. We can't trust our experience. Well, that's kind of nonsense because the person who knows, like intellectually knows the gospel, but has not experienced it, doesn't love it. You, you can't. No. And, you know, if my wife just gave me all this information about how she feels about me, but I never experienced any of that, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't rejoice in it the way, you know, I wouldn't enjoy it the way that I do. So that's one thing I would say is don't be afraid to then just put yourself out there. And in faith, 
um, respond in obedience to what you know to be true and then and then behold what God does in that. yeah I think that's awesome I mean there's something about the way God made us that we have direct access to what we think about in a different way than we have access to what we feel hmm. like I I can choose right now where my mind is going sometimes it wanders in a way I don't want it to but I generally I pick what I think about that's why I thinking like Colossians 3 Paul tells us, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, because we can actually do that. Now, I I think our affections work a little differently than that. I don't know if we have as direct access, but what we do does affect them. And, and, you know, one thought that came to mind too is if, if we want our affections stirred for God, it's worth asking what other things in our life are we stirred by? Mm. So like, if we want to be, you know, desiring and loving and enjoying God, what other things are we loving and desiring and enjoying that maybe are consuming our thoughts and our energies in a way that isn't good for us? So I was just talking with someone today who, who was talking about um, the last month. He had, he had very intentionally decided, I'm watching one news show. That's all I'm doing one time a day because he realized he was spending way too much time filling his mind with news, like hours and hours of it. And so for him, going down to one hour has led to fruitfulness for him because he can get information that he wants and know what's going on in the world without being consumed by that information. And I think that affects what you desire, what you choose to constantly put before yourself. So another diagnostic tool could be to ask yourself, what do I actually desire? What do I love? And that will... You know, you'll be revealed by how you spend your time and where your energy is going. Those are the, generally the things that we really love and desire. Okay, that's a, that's another really that's a really key one. That's really good. So so not only so we have kind of focusing. I, I love. I want to just kind of recap here for a second because um, I, I would summarize that the first thing you said back about like realize that this isn't a, a real experience that we all have. And so I was thinking, you know, don't get discouraged. So like the number one thing is don't let the enemy compound your feelings, your lack of affection by then like piling shame on top of this. Like don't, don't immediately get discouraged by that. We do, we are human beings and we ebb and flow. Even, I mean, the disciples did and Jesus didn't even criticize that. You know, and they're on the mountaintop, they have these experiences and he says, we have to come down from here. This is not... You won't always feel that direct, you know, the same intimacy. Um, but then there are things that you that you can do. And so um, I, I love like so the idea of just acting out in faith, um, stepping out, putting yourself out there. But yeah, look at what what could be stealing your affections from. Like there are things that stir your heart and make you worship God more. And there are things that steal affections away from God. And what, that's what's crazy, man, like hobbies and all that stuff. Sometimes people say like, oh, you're anti-hobbies, you're anti-fishing, you're anti... No, I'm not. I'm anti-anything that steals affections from God. Now, if those hobbies... Like, and we, if you're honest, most of us know. Most of us know when you're doing this thing and it is it is drawing you into God's presence. You're worshiping him through the creation and through like enjoying a beautiful day or, you know, riding your bike or going to a football game and just appreciating the beauty of it. And it just, 
it's drawing you closer. And then the things that, um, those same things could be spent in, in stealing you away or stealing affections away. And you could be spending so much time immersed in that, that what your heart is gravitating towards is this, this other thing, whether it's a news program or it's an activity or whatever. But if you find yourself like constantly just obsessing over something that is pulling you away from God, then yeah, that would be another thing is start replacing some of that. Like don't, don't give in, don't give it that. Maybe it means you just got to cut it out completely. Yes. Maybe it means that you try you keep it contained and you're able to keep it contained. And, um, well, especially if you know, if you ask yourself that question, you know, it's consuming you and you know, it's sinful. Right. Because sometimes those things are the same and sometimes yes. they're not. Sometimes right. the thing that consumes you isn't in itself sinful. Mm-hmm. It just might mm-hmm. be like taking up too much space, right? In your life and in your mind and in your heart. But sometimes the things are obviously sinful. They are things that we know God has called us and commanded us to not do, but we're doing. And when we do that over and over again, the thing that we know to be wrong, we numb ourselves. Like that affects what we feel. Mm-hmm. It actually over time can can steal away that whole sense of what we feel because we keep acting against our conscience and what we know to be true. And there's something about that that kind of warps our soul. Now, the great news in Jesus is that that can be healed. Like you can be forgiven, yeah, the slate wiped clean, which is amazing, and healed, as in the ability to feel restored in your life. I've experienced that myself of, of my emotional range becoming greater than it had been because of sin at various points in my life. So yeah, if you know that it's a thing that is overtly sinful, it just has to stop. And, and I know Jay and I both, that, that can be something that's easier to said than done to just stop. And we would love it. If you're listening to this and you feel like, what do I actually do to stop? Whatever the thing is, we'd love to help. That's why we're pastors. That's why we're here. We want to help you walk with Jesus. And um, we can give you kind of high level pointers in a podcast, but it's needed as a conversation to really work through it. Yeah. And that is, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why we're here is to kind of walk through that and share experiences. Um, I just throw in a couple of other quick bullet point ones as we wrap up is one thing that I've found, um, something I've been doing more lately is read, reading biographies. Yes. Like if you're feeling yes. dry or you're feeling kind of like, uh, I don't, I just, I don't feel what I used to feel. Read, read a biography of somebody who has felt those things I, that, which is similar to what I'd said about being in the fellowship, like go and hang out with people who are joyful. It will be contagious. That joy will be contagious. But you can also get it through. Like right now, I'm reading a biography on Francis Schaeffer, and it's just, it's just good for my soul to read about his care and love for people and kind of the natural environment that he would be in, just sharing the gospel. And so that inspires me. Um, I found also listening, just listening to worship music, is can be can be really helpful. Just to have it on, it's something passive that can happen that I don't need. So sometimes if you're reading something, you're like, I need my mind to be engaged in that. Sometimes I've been in seasons where I, I can't, I can't read right now. Like I just don't, I don't even have that in me, but I can turn on music. Yes. And I, I don't need the same. That's music has a way of going to the heart in a way that, you know, like you don't, it doesn't require, it can kind of bypass, <laughs> kind of bypass your brain um, a, a little bit. If that's the struggle, um, or listening to the audio Bible, we've had, I've had people who have said like, I, I am, or they've just, they're in such a dark place that they struggle to even open the Bible and, and be able to engage with it. And 
they've found some encouragement from just listening and having the word of God just read to them. And there's free apps out there. You can just listen to, to the audio Bible. So those are just a few things off the top of my head that I've done to try to jumpstart, um, you know, some of the, stir, the stirring of those affections. Yeah. I think not, uh, giving up on wanting that if you feel yeah. like that's something that you either have some of and not as much as you want. I, I would just encourage everyone. I'm saying this to myself too, to just don't settle for where you're at right now right? in your love and desire of God. The whole walk with Jesus and discipleship to him is a growth in that. It's a, it's a process that will never end in, in a good way and that we continue to grow in our ability to love him and enjoy him forever and ever and ever. And uh, that's part of what we're trying to do together as we do this life of faith is that we're not in this alone. We are in a family of people who follow Jesus and are trying to grow in him in that way. So don't give up. And I, I feel like that's easier said than done too. I realize that, but it's worth it. It's worth the pursuit. It's worth the energy that goes into sorting through what is going on um, to grow in him and experience the joy. And you said the abundant life, which I love Jay, that, that phrase of Jesus, the abundant life that he made us for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so hopefully this has been helpful and encouraging to you as you uh, pursue Jesus. And uh, you, I, I love that. Like, don't, yeah, don't settle. Just don't settle. And and that's where you can be, that's where your head comes in. Um, why that's so, why that's so critical because we would never say that, well, well, theology doesn't matter. Theology matters, in, you know, huge like it's it's a very it's critical the answer isn't to say oh well i don't want to have an intellectual faith i just want to have a faith of the heart there's no such thing they're all working in unison just like paul says you can't have faith and then works you can't separate or james says you can't separate those things paul talks about the works that come from faith too and i think um this idea that your head and your heart and your hands are all working together and that that is that is how we worship our our Lord. Um, and so, yes, we want to stir one another up to good works. We want to stir one another up to love Jesus more, and we want to stir our minds and to to know Him better and to understand, so that we can claim those promises, so that we know He's even worth pursuing. So, um, hopefully, this has been helpful to you in that. As always, if you have questions, if you have feedback. Uh, we would love to hear it. We'd love to walk alongside of you. This is just something we do to try to be helpful. Um, and so any way that we can increase the helpfulness, uh, we want to be able to do. So uh, thanks again for taking the time to listen. And until next time, grace and peace.